Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Cult Leader early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Urban Outfitters, Sephora, and Nike. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors, that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod. Or text Wondery Pod to 500 500. Hello and welcome back to Cold Leader. I'm your cult leader, Spencer Henry, and this is a little leader where I read the stories that you send to me. If you have a story you'd like to share with the cult, send it on over to spencer at cultleader.com and put little leader somewhere in there so I know where to find it. How's it going, babes? Happy Friday. This week, we talked about the wild cult, Conscious Development in Texas, led by Terry Hoffman. And it's, I mean, you've heard it by now, I'm assuming, wild, wild story. And next week is a part two all about the deaths that followed in relation to the Conscious Development Group and Terry Hoffman. And it's just as long as part one, pretty much. So just plan accordingly. This week, we also had our live show last night at the Irvine Improv, still smiling. Hot Dog is still smiling as well. Hot Dog was there. Are you kidding me? See, if you weren't there, you really missed out. She made an appearance, took some pictures with people. It was absolutely surreal and just so much fun. I'm sure we'll gush about it on OB next week but it's just wild 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 I cannot say thank you enough to everybody who made it out and made it such a special first live show we're very excited to do more in the future I honestly feel like it was a hybrid of both shows I ended up telling a true crime-ish story at the show so maybe next time we'll
will have to call it the cult leader slash obituary live. Unless you guys can think of a better hybrid name or something. You guys are creative. I know that. I've seen it now with my own eyes. Um, what else? I, th- I think that's it. I don't have too much to tell you. I think we should just get straight to business today. Probably going to be a little, little leader. But first, I do want to talk about this email. Well, I guess this is technically a little leader. It came from a cult babe named Lacey who said, Spencer and Hot Dog, guess who's hitched? Gypsy Rose. And it's so funny because we were just talking about Gypsy Rose, right? Like maybe in the last episode, maybe the episode before when I was talking about documentaries, a few of you guys messaged me and you're like, yes, Mommy Dead and Dearest is still the best documentary. But apparently Gypsy Rose has gotten married, which I I don't know. I don't know if I saw that. Surprised I missed it. They sent me an article from Entertainment Tonight that says Gypsy Rose Blanchard marries Ryan Scott Anderson amid prison sentence. It looks like this article either came out early this week or possibly at the end of last week it says gypsy rose is a married woman on june 27th amid blanchard's 10-year prison sentence she tied the knot with ryan scott anderson in missouri according to the couple's marriage license ryan who's 36 hails from lake charles louisiana gypsy 30 was previously engaged to a man named Ken, who she had met through the prison's pen pal program, but they called off their engagement in August of 2019. So that's where I was confused because I remember, I think during her last engagement, she was like, we're going to wait until I'm out to get married. And then I didn't really hear anything else about it, but now she, I guess, married somebody else. So you know what? Good for her. Everybody deserves love. And hopefully she's found hers. I am always a little apprehensive because she's, I mean, not a celebrity... I got she's infamous would be the word and I'm like does he want to be with her for the right reasons I guess only time will tell Lacey who sent that email also said P.S. you should do another book giveaway someday I don't know if you did it past the silent patient book but I thought it was a cute idea and that was fun I, I completely forgot that we had done that so maybe in next week's little leader we can do a book giveaway because i do have a lot of books i feel like i have a whole crime library at this point on to the next email this one says casey anthony podcast hi spencer i've been binge listening to your podcast for the last few weeks and i got to the casey anthony podcast i'd like to be anonymous because my family was kind of attached to the case in who we knew before kaylee went missing my grandfather was in a nursing home slash rehab place and shared a room with three other men one of those men was casey anthony's grandfather or great-grandfather i'm not 100 percent sure but i believe grandfather he and my grandmother would see casey and Kaylee when they would come to visit. I sort of remember seeing a little girl in the room, but I was young as well. When the story came out, my grandmother and grandfather were shocked, and they also wanted to transfer rooms and eventually out of that place and return home. So on top of that, my aunt and uncle were family friends to either the medical examiner or forensic scientist on the case. Again, my details on the title are a little fuzzy as I was around 10 at the time. I thought you would, well, not enjoy this since it's a horrible case, and I believe she's guilty but to hear the story of the people who met them and stuff surrounding the case love you and your podcast i can't wait to hear you more um thank you anonymous for sending that oh i i always love hearing your guys's connections to certain cases the grandfather thing reminded me so i was at lunch with my grandfather today and came into town for my live show which is just so cute so i went over and met him at his hotel for lunch and he was telling me we weren't even talking about anything related to 
true crime or anything like that. I don't even know how it came up. But he was just like nonchalantly like, you know, there was a murder in my neighborhood. And I was like, what? When? Because like I grew up staying at his house all the time. It's a very, uh, I mean, I don't know, the neighborhood, you would never suspect something like this to happen. But apparently one of his neighbors killed his wife with a hammer. And I was like, oh my God, when did this happen? He's like, last year. I'm like, what? I never heard of this. So that's something I should look into. I just like that he just was nonchalantly saying it. And then his wife was there and she was like, wait, what happened? And he's like, he killed her with a hammer. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. Um- Cult Leader is sponsored by BetterHelp. Cult Babes, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Are you hitting the gym, hitting the sheets for a little nap, looking at your neighbor's house on Zillow? Really though, if time was unlimited, how would you use it? How would you decide what's important enough to make time for? Unfortunately, time is not unlimited, but fortunately, therapy can help you figure out what matters to you so you can do more of it. That's one of my biggest takeaways from therapy, figuring out where to devote time to make the rest of my life easier. I could go on forever about how much less stressful life is once I learn to prioritize my time, but why don't you see for yourself? Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash leader today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash leader. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, anyways, this next one says Little Leader, I was in a cult. Okay, wait, these next two, I briefly skimmed both of them and I feel like they're kind of similar. So this one says Little Leader, I was in a cult and it says my cult story. Hi, Spencer, Madison, and of course, Queen Hot Dog. OG cult babe, fresh G off here. Sorry, your girl got busy. I'm catching up. Listen, better late than never. I'm Gabs from Melbourne, Australia, and have I got a story for you. I've been thinking of sending in my story since you started the cult, and after you mentioned you wanted some stories from cult survivors in this week's Little Leader, I figured it was time. I'm not apologizing, but I am pre-warning that this will surely be long, and if you want to ask any questions once I'm done, please ask them. I am sure I will miss tons of stuff, and people always have questions. Oh, and you can use my name. I don't care anymore. Everyone should know the fucked up shit. (laughs) And they wrote, can I swear? Sorry if I do. Yeah, babe. We swear over here. This is definitely not holy grounds. So I was in a cult. We talk a a lot about the blurred line between Christianity and cults. And for a long time after I left, I wouldn't call it a cult. However, after many years of therapy, I finally came to terms with the fact that if it walks like a cult and it quacks like a cult, it's probably a cult. You know it. I suppose I best head back to the beginning. I didn't join this cult with my family. In fact, they're all atheist. I joined when I was 12 and in my first year of high school. We don't have middle school here, so basically seventh grade. I'm from a small country town in regional Victoria, and my hometown had two schools. When I started high school, all my friends went to the other ones, so I didn't really know anyone. I ended up making friends with a group of kids who all knew each other from the local church. They actually seemed really cool, and we used to hang out 
out in the front of the school chaplain's office, which is like a religious counselor, which is red flag number one. I ended up going to church with them where he was the youth pastor and slowly got dragged into the environment. I can't explain it all, but it was basically a slow burn brainwashing vibe where it seems totally normal. And by the time the intense shit comes out, you feel so much part of the community that you just go with it. Totally. I can totally see how that would happen. It started off totally normally, just a totally harmless church. Everyone there were super decent people, but then they got connected up with this bigger church in the city and eventually split off to make their own church. This is where things started to get more intense. Sadly, by this point, I was all in. While I was in high school, I went to church, Bible study, youth group every week, and even started Bible school in my final year of high school. Everything started to get intense in my final few years of high school. We were not allowed to date. I got in trouble for kissing a boy. I wasn't allowed to have much to do with my family who were not in the church. I even apparently told my mom that if she wanted to have any relationship with me, she would have to join the church with me. I don't remember this at all. A lot of this time is a blur for me. And like the angel my mom is, she did just so that she could stay close. Ugh. Once I finished high school, I went off to do two years of Bible school and this is where shit started getting really intense. There is so much to cover and I know this is probably already getting really long, but here are some of the key points from those two years at Bible school. It cost around 1500 Australian dollars per year, so $10,000 in the US, and we had to pay for tithing and everything on top of this. I estimate I sunk $40,000 in Australia to $28,000 in the US in my last two to three years. You were not allowed to work if you were there and had to live off of $50 per week. You had to live with families from the church, and this was hard for me. You are expected to assimilate with the families, and each week you have a house parent check in where they assess your performance as a member of the household. If you do poorly, you receive punishments. You also had to do six hours of chores a week to show how grateful you are to live with them. I was 18 living in a house with two 23-year-old boys plus their parents, and I was punished for not bonding enough with one of them. You got punishments if you failed in any way. This could be scoring poorly on your housemate check-in, not doing homework, speaking out of line, wearing the wrong kind of clothes, not being open enough. What does that even mean? They were called consequences, and they were usually manual labor tasks at someone's house. They didn't have to justify it, they just gave them to you. We were on the site for Bible school from 8am to 6pm, Sunday to Friday, plus we had evening activities that we were expected to attend on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays that usually went until 11pm, plus compulsory gym Saturdays at 6am. God, rigid schedule, see that's how they get you, they're like, you're not gonna have time to do anything outside of this. We were also expected to do two hours of Bible study before and after class. My psych hypothesis is this is intentional as it meant if we were lucky we got six hours of sleep. It kept us sleep deprived and thus more agreeable. They made a big deal about how people didn't need sleep. (laughs) Sure, you know, that's what they always say. Doctors are always saying, hey, we don't need sleep. We did a lot of fasting for similar ideals. I wasn't allowed to visit my family. If I went home, I had to stay with the family from the church. That is just beyond culty. Girls and guys were not allowed to be alone together or have any physical contact. You didn't even hold hands with the opposite sex till you were married. Obviously no dating. They had this process called courtship, which is all overseen by the male leaders of the church. People were usually married within a year of starting to date. Yeah, they really wanted to hold hands. I had multiple exorcisms in my time. Oh no. Usually to remove the demon of isolation. These are proper like shaking on the ground shit. 
Darren Brown has a special called Miracle that explains the psych behind this, how it, how this happens. Highly recommend. We would sit around and have roundtable conversations where we would just sit there and pick apart each other's insecurities and pray God would fix them. This left us vulnerable and reliable on them. We couldn't have anything to do with anyone outside of the organization unless we were trying to get them to join. In the end, they didn't want me to go to university. They felt God wanted me to work in hospitality my whole life. This is ultimately what pushed me to leave. Anyway, there is a ton more. If you want to know more, please let me know. I feel like I have gone on forever already, but I thought I would let you know about our fucked up cult in Australia. They're still practicing, and for a while, I was sad about some of my old friends that joined, but then they came out as anti-vax and pro-life, and I thought, fuck it, I can't take the blame for that kind of stupidity. I got out when I was 22, so I had been in the organization for 10 years and lost 10 years of my life to it. They cut off all communication when I left, but I do get a call every time someone else leaves. About eight of my old friends left together during COVID. I'm living my best life now. I went to uni and now work for the University in Educational Design. I've got an amazing partner and my own handsomest boy, Daxter, photo attached. Anyways, love what you do. Hope you read this as a little leader, even if it is a tad long. All my love, Gabs. Gabs, thank you so much. And I'm so proud of you for realizing like, hey, this isn't for me. This is not good for my mental health or my mental well-being. And just good for you for starting a whole new life where it sounds like you have a great job, a great partner, and your own handsomest boy, Daxter, who you did not include the picture. You forgot to include it in the email. So I'll be waiting patiently for a follow-up. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite gripping investigations ad-free? Good news! With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash ad-free true crime. That's amazon.com slash ad-free true crime to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate. Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. Liquid IV is perfect for daily use before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco. Or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. This next email says, Little Leader, what it's like leaving Mormonism thus far. Hi, Spencer and Miss Hot Dog and Madison Mr. Eyes, if she's there too. I think for this email, I'd like to remain anonymous. Not that my story is particularly juicy or crime related, but you just never know who's listening. Something in one of the latest Little Leaders got me thinking, and so I thought I would write in and share my experience as well. I believe it was a listener email from someone who grew up in a cult sharing their experience. Or maybe it was just one of the cult-related Am I the Assholes that got me thinking. Anyways, I grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the LDS faith, or probably, most commonly, a Mormon. While some may be quick to label the church a cult, 
I am still undecided. I think it's a difficult call for me to make because there were a lot of really valuable experiences and people that I still hold very dearly. That being said, I can't dismiss all the culty behavior, like not being allowed to enter the temple if you don't pay a full 10% tithe, or literally any aspect of the church's history. I started removing myself from the church about three-ish years ago, so that would put me at 25, as I'm 28 now. I attended one of Brigham Young University campuses to get my bachelor's degree. I feel like everyone knows about the BYU in Provo, Utah, but not everyone knows about the BYU in Rexburg, Idaho, Lori Vallow anyone, or the campus in Hawaii. So pretty much my entire life has been dedicated to this religion and moving away from it has created a lot of mini crises. Seems dramatic, but I mean, I am who I am. I don't think that's dramatic at all. I'm sure that's a very, very difficult thing to do. In the church from a very young age, you are taught to pray about every major and even some minor decisions and God will tell you the right thing or pray for guidance during major events. I used to wholeheartedly believe I was getting my answers about my life choices directly from God and it gave me a lot of confidence in the decisions I was making, like which university to attend, which job to accept, even which boy to date. Since leaving, I have felt crippled by any major decisions in my life. When my current boyfriend and I started getting serious about two years ago, I was almost paralyzed by my anxiety on a weekly basis over the thought of moving forward. Should I? Shouldn't I? Is this the right thing for me? Not having that divine connection to tell me what to do made me feel lost, and there was a lot of guilt associated there as well. For example, if I was still an active member and saying my daily prayers, I would know what to do. I feel like that is just like intuition though, you know? Through some therapy and self-reflection, I've come to finally understand that it was me following my gut and making all those right decisions over the years. It wasn't some Holy Spirit whispering into my heart, but it was me. I was always in charge. Yes, I feel like it's going to take a long time to become confident in my decision making again, and consequently I find myself looking for outside approval more often than I would like to admit when it comes to making an choice for myself. Growing up in such a sheltered religion has affected me in many other ways as well. I always felt like I was behind my non-member friends. As dating before 16 is discouraged and smoking, drinking, premarital sex are all major no-nos. So basically everything everyone was doing in high school, I was not. There was a lot I was left out of, even from my closest group of friends, because they knew that I wouldn't drink or break into school property on the weekend. Funny how when I started driving, I got invited to a lot more parties. Even now at 20, I still feel like I am behind on some things. I feel like my group of friends now all have experienced so much and I'm still the naive little Mormon girl, which there's nothing wrong with choosing not to drink or do drugs or explore your sexuality. I just feel like I missed the boat. I'm just gonna pause really quick and say this because I think it is a grass is always greener situation. I think someone like me who was so wild, it's like, okay, I turned 17 in rehab, right? Like I could not keep myself out of trouble. And I think there was a lot of times when I was, you know, a teenager, especially in my later teens, early 20s, where I'm like, damn, I wish I would have just been quote unquote good. I wish I would have just never gotten involved with any bad things or bad people. I wish I would have just like abstained from all of that. So you could have had the exact opposite experience. I don't know. There's got to be a good middle ground there somewhere. They continued and said, not to mention the other negative side effects of the sheltered culture, like being way too trusting of strangers and not thinking twice about being a 12-year-old girl alone in a locked room with a man who is 40 plus years old. Ugh. 
by heart. Like I said, I think it will take a lot more self-reflection and therapy, but right now I am just trying to find peace in moving away from a religion that caused me pain, like the time my bishop suggested that my depression was just caused to not praying enough, or from some sin that I didn't repent of. Just bullshit. While moving away, I also try to find happiness in the things that being an active Mormon did bring me, like my best friend, who I count as my fourth sister, or the experience of moving across the country to attend university, and the amazing strong women who set good examples for me in my youth classes. Lastly, to tie in with your recent obsession of faith healing, the LDS faith also has something like that. It's basically just called a blessing, and you can get one at any time for anything. I used to get one at the beginning of every school year, which was basically like, bless this girl to study hard, make good friends, and be an example of Christ to others, etc, etc. And whenever else I felt sick or stressed out. Anyways, what happens is a priesthood holder, so a man, or usually two, anoint you by applying concentrated oil on your head and then laying their hands onto your head to give you the blessing. I remember hearing stories of really sick people getting these kinds of blessings and then miraculously recovering, but also hearing stories of people who got these blessings and weren't healed and they passed away shortly after. It was explained that even though the person who wasn't healed had lived a righteous life, their time on earth was up and God needed them in heaven, so it was never really a guarantee, I guess you could say. I felt a bit weird sharing this as I feel like it's giving, hey, look at me, I was in a culty religion and now I want everyone to know how anxious and fucked up I am. But honestly, I think it's worth it for people to hear the side of the story and what it's like leaving a high demand religion. And hey, if this makes even one person think about how leaving a religion doesn't have to be black and white and that it's okay to take the good stuff with you, then that's worth it to me. Lots of love, an obedient cult babe, and dedicated geoff. And P.S. Remember that best friend I mentioned? Imagine a little eight-year-old girl praying every day for years for a friend her age to move into the congregation, only to have my best friend move in when we were 14. I guess good things really do come to those who wait. And that is where they ended the email. It's definitely not a, hey, look at me. I was in a cult. I mean, you had a not-so-great experience, and like we were talking about in the last email, you should be so proud of yourself for being like, hey, this isn't for me and this isn't serving me anymore. And I think it's totally okay to take the good with it. I think a lot of people struggle with changes when they're like, oh, a bad relationship, for example, you can totally compare it to that. If you have a really unhealthy relationship with someone, does it mean that every single thing about that person was horrible and terrible? No, you probably have great memories with the person, but you're just like, nah, this isn't it this isn't for me. It's still okay to think about the good times. You don't always have to categorize things as one or the other. So I love that you're like, I'm taking the good with me. And I also love that you're in therapy because guess what? Therapy is a game changer and therapy is just to me such like a life changing thing. It's like the best thing that you can do for yourself. So proud of you guys always for managing to just create these new lives for yourselves and you can do that whenever doesn't matter how old you are how young you are how long you've been a part of something how short you've been a part of something you can always start over whenever the fuck you want to because guess what nothing is real everything's fake and you only live once but that is where we'll leave it for today i will see you guys on tuesday with part two of terry hoffman and the conscious development group until then hope you all have a great weekend thanks again to everybody who came out to the show and showed love this week love you guys so much and i will see you next time goodbye
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Cult Leader early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice, only on Freebie.